you know what? I just produced, uh, I just did an AI uh, piece of art of Brian Kilmeade as an android. I must say, it looks pretty good. And uh, Brian Kilmeade, who you can hear every day from uh, 10 a.m. until noon on WABC and see every day on Fox News, uh, also New York Times bestselling author. You'll be proud to know, Brian, the Brian Kilmeade android that I've created in this AI art has two American flags on him. Great. I mean, is this for real? Yeah. Are you no, no, no. I'm doing gonna, this? I'm going to text this to you. Uh, you're going to love this. I, well, maybe you won't, but you have green eyes for some reason. It's b- right. b- Brian Kilmeade as an android. It's a pretty good image, I must say. I, I think it's uh, – I didn't know there was demand. Are you satisfying <laughs> callers or is this a passion? Is this a hobby? Well, it, no, it, it, is, it has become a, a, a hobby. Hey, um, it, let me ask you a serious question here. Is it too early for me to try to get um, New York Giants Super Bowl tickets? Uh, no, uh, not for 2022, though. Uh, I just don't see it. But I'm so encouraged. A game they weren't supposed to win, a game that they look like the same old Giants in the first two quarters, their coaches make some adjustments, Uh, the team plays with confidence, and Saquon took the, you know, it was almost remind me of 1990s or 80s football, where a running back can make a difference, a huge difference. And if this guy could stay healthy, uh, everybody adjusts, and they then he choke up to stop the run. They move up to stop the run, and all of a sudden, if if Daniel Jones can be coachable, uh, next thing you know, he's able to complete some passes. It, it keeps defenses honest. So there's a few things that really could happen uh, after what we saw the other day. I'm not sure that we would have been so happy if they missed that two point conversion, though. Oh no, I'm, that, I'm not sure that that might be a thing. What's with the Giants? They finally get to the point where they can win in overtime. Why would they take that risk? So. Uh, I was shocked by the move. Yeah, the Jets, not as much reason to look optimistic at this point, though. Right. Uh, two key offensive linemen hurt. A coach that's already doing his best Joe Judge imitation. <laughs> I'm taking receipts on everybody that doesn't uh, that doesn't believe in us. Okay, you understand. Before you got here, when you were in San Francisco, um, coach, you this team has been struggling for 20 years. They've had two years to get to the conference championships, and then they get rid of the coach, and the and Sanchez implodes. Since that time, they've been wallowing. So you can't blame the fan base. I'm surprised they're still in the big picture. In any other city, they wouldn't be showing up. Mm. No, it's uh, it's certainly true. Hey, uh, one of the big issues that everybody's talking about this week is the economy. People were already talking about it, given what's happened with the stock market and the numbers related to inflation. Now, with this looming rail strike, which could cost, they estimate, $2 billion a day in economic losses, I have to think this is uh, not exactly good news if you're President Biden or if you're somebody that has to participate in the American economy these days. Right. Uh, let's see if they could avoid this. You know, he was out yesterday. Uh, he wanted to try an electric car. So that's one way to handle this, uh, an emergency. Or you could fly to Delaware and vote and then stop by your house. <laughs> so that's those are two things that shows that he's right on top of things. If anybody should know about trains, it's him. All he talks about is getting on trains. It's all he ever did. I, I went home. I got on a train. So what is he waiting for? I mean, another thing, that's just terrible staffing. The same people that gave you that celebratory press conference while the market tanked, uh, the same people that gave you that blood-red speech at Independence Hall, are the ones who were asleep literally at the switch when this train strike's about to happen, except for the Northeast Corridor. I mean, what's the reason with the exemption? We have to let lawmakers be able to travel? 
Yeah, well, I mean, uh, the president, as you know, has the ability to end any strike that's threatening the economy. President Reagan obviously did so very famously with the air traffic controllers. But given the fact that Biden is so dependent on organized labor for political support, uh, I don't see him taking any sort of drastic steps like that. Do you? You know, it's very interesting. I, I know you got the unions you're fighting against, but the Republicans did give him an out. They they gave him a program to get out. They gave him an outline. Right, to, Bernie to Sanders blocked it. it. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. So where's the leadership? I mean, people also point to, well, you know, he's gotten bipartisan uh, things done. He's gotten that chips deal. He's gotten infrastructure. He's got uh, a deal of uh, on gun legislation. None of it was him. All of it was done at the Senate level. So like, it's not like he's taking the lead here. He, you know, he's not exactly hands-on, you know, Harry Truman. So, I, I mean, I, I imagine they're going to get through this. I imagine this is the brinksmanship that comes with a lot of strikes that we see in sports all the time. But uh, let's see, because the last thing we need uh, for, you know, you know, our transportation secretary, this might be a good opportunity for him to do something, or is he on leave again? Well, uh, it's uh, a wishing the best, and hopefully I don't think anybody uh, wants, a, wants a strike to take place. So hopefully uh, cooler heads will prevail. Let me ask you about what's happening uh, with respect to Senator Lindsey Graham and this proposal on abortion. He was on Fox News this week talking about his proposal for uh, sort of a modified national abortion ban. This is what he said. I think we should have a law at the federal level. That would say after 15 weeks, no abortion on demand, except in cases of rape, incest, to save the life of the mother. And that should be where America's at. And, uh, you know, it was not long ago that Lindsey Graham was saying this is something that should be left up to the states. I have to think that irrespective of how people feel about abortion, this is pretty good news for Democratic congressional candidates. I mean, how do you see it? Uh, a couple of things. You know, the, the last week we were, and maybe not you and I, but we were talking about, you know, what is the Republican message going to be two weeks ago when it comes to abortion? You know, they, they caught the car, the, the, you know. Uh, so, okay, they, this is what they wanted to do for 30 years. So what's the goal? Well, well, the American people aren't all pro-life. Only about 35% are. So what do you do? You know, well, the, 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 most Republicans are pro-life. So, but how do you get elected and be pro-life? And not alienate women, especially uh, the messaging about it when they talk about abortion rights. And people listening to us right now and saying, what about the baby? I get it. Let's not debate abortion. Let's debate the tactics on abortion. Mm -hmm. So what Lindsey Graham said is this. You know, what John Roberts wants to do, wanted to do, and no one's denied this, is says, guys, let's not uh, overturn Roe v. Wade. Let's come out with a 15-week compromise. And that's where Europe is. That's where most people are. So Lindsey Graham decides to take the bull by the horns. Let's do the Robert Compromise. And what the states decide, but maybe we just put 15 weeks in there to alleviate a lot of these, um, uh, a lot of the problems the Republicans are having electorally, especially because they were rattled to the core when they lost that Kansas seat and that Kansas vote on zero weeks abortion. But his timing was off because of uh, the economy. The Republicans had to uh, get that message out that they could do a better job in the economy. Instead, Lindsey Graham allowed. Uh, the political world to focus on him, not on the folly of the president having a celebratory press conference uh, on the White House lawn the day in which the economy shows indications that it's been inflicting nothing but pain on the people, and James Taylor sang us through it. <laughs> so that timing was terrible, and I'm not sure that he has even the re- he even got the rest of the Republicans on the same page as this. Yeah, and so politically, I think you would agree this is a losing issue uh, the way Graham is positing it. 
it's frank, but the thing is, everybody's got to deal with it. Mm-hmm. So whether mm-hmm. it's Bullduck in New Hampshire, but, so but, but isn't, no is, isn't the easy answer if you're a Republican congressional or Senate candidate that we we think this should be decided at the state level? Isn't that the easy answer? But what if you are on the state level? You right. You well, are that's a governor. different ball game, right? Yeah. And right. then yeah, and then you Marco Rubio, and you're saying, you know, I'm I'm vehemently pro-life, but that's not what Florida is. So I'm going to go with the legislature. So that that's pretty much what they were saying. But if you're running for governor, what are you going to push your legislature to? Whether you're Mastriano or or Kari uh, uh, Lake. So where are you going to be on that? So they're going to be forced to weigh in. And then I think senators are too. Lindsey Graham said, "Let me take the lead on this." I'm not too sure that was a good move. Well, just like you're mm-hmm. indicating, I'm not too sure that's uh, that this is the right tactic. So we saw um, President Biden giving his speech on democracy last week and uh, warning about people that don't accept election results and uh, decrying uh, those sort of folks. And it was interesting, the notable omission from that speech on democracy was the fact that the Democrats, both on a national level and on a bunch of local levels, are funding election deniers and people that insist the 2020 election wasn't legitimately decided. It seems to me that uh, President Biden, by omitting the Democrats' role in promoting these election deniers, it was a blatantly partisan address and had very little to do with democracy. I mean, how did you see it? Well, I mean, it's unbelievable that Biden doesn't ever, never wants to lead. I mean, at one point, could he just say, listen, I'm not for these super PACs, funding these, what I view as extreme Republican candidates. I think that's counter to what Democrats want to do. And it's counter to my message that we should fear Republican, fear uh, ultra-MAGA Republicans. Meanwhile, just keep in mind, think about all the events that Donald Trump has had. In big and small venues, the one thing is pretty consistent, the crowds have been huge, and they've, he's always given them a, uh, a great experience, it seems. Everyone leaves. No one says, I wish it was longer or shorter. But there's been no violence. The one time there was violence afterwards, that's what Joe Biden wants to outline. I think it's totally disingenuous. But if he is going to say, no, I mean every word of it, you can't mean every word of it and not call out your own party for putting oh, $30, 40000000 million, maybe even more, into what they view as extreme candidates like Bulldog, like Cox uh, and Mastriano. They view it. I'm not saying they can't win, but that's how they're viewed. And they didn't win in a lot. They wasted a lot of their money in others. But they're spinning their wheels. And think about this. If you're a Democrat and say, you know, I want to keep the House. I I would love to keep the Senate. And I want to support Joe Biden, although I've never heard that in a sentence. I'm giving my money towards trying to elect Republicans. Would you be happy about that? If there was a fund, go elect extreme Republicans. Right. How much money would be in there? Yeah, not not a lot. Uh, not a lot. Hey, um, more important, how is the uh, dog doing? We, um, we're dealing with a situation where it's like breaking a wild horse. I mean, there, this, this dog, I have two, two other great Pyrenees. One had knee problems and one's deaf. So they were the most mellow puppies. I thought that's the way Great Pyrenees were. So we thought, well, you know, they're getting a little older, about seven. Would it be good for them to get their great behavior and inflict it on a puppy while uh, the kids were home over the summer? And this puppy, I ended up getting um, Bruce Jenner when he was a man. <laughs> I mean, that's how athletic this dog is. You cannot catch it. If he, if she is loose, you will not catch her. If it was Rocky II and he says, chase the chicken, you have speed, 
the chicken would have won. So I, I cannot believe this dog's energy and what it's been able to do totally caught us by surprise. Great spirit, great attitude, impossible to keep up with. So I'm literally, as soon as I walk in the house, it's not even read this, catch up on this, uh, put on this. You know, it is put in the AirPods, run this dog to death. So I'm really walking him in and out of box, her in and out of box, just to break her into a normal energy base. Hopefully, we start uh, we're getting this dog used to the fact that it's got to live with people. <laughs> well, that's terrific. Um, well, you were up in Albany uh, for the uh, the Kilmeade Takes America by Storm tour. Uh, yes, I think that's a much better name uh, than uh, America Great from the start, uh, Frank. I'm going to steal that. Good, it's all but good. it was fun. I mean, just to be up there in the Capitol, and then I was able to broadcast from our great affiliate up there right at the train station in Albany. And you see all the politicians coming through, and you see the people there. Uh, just a great setup. I mean, there's uh, there's a sense, and I was talking to a lot of political insiders, that Lee Zeldin has got a legitimate shot. And I will say, if that lawn sign thing is means anything, his signs are everywhere. I went from Oneonta to Albany, um, uh, to another college I wanted to came nameless on purpose. I was in three different colleges watching three different soccer games over the weekend. And so wherever small town I went to, Zeldin signs are everywhere. Uh, people at home listening saying, well, this is mostly Democratic City. Yeah, in New York City. But when it comes up, say, people really uh, think that Zeldin's got a shot. Uh, two political insiders told me they guarantee it. And to keep you know, keep an eye on that New York Post story that came out last week, Hoko blatantly selling her soul to these uh, interest groups. That broke first in Albany. Two days later, it was on the New York Post. So, I mean, she is really leaving herself open. I can't see her growing in numbers. Lee Zeldin has got a lot of energy. I don't know about you, Frank, but I walk into Penn Station two or three times a week. And... Uh, I would say nine out of ten over the last month, I've had people at the top of the escalator saying, vote Lee Zeldin. I mean, that's what you got to do. He well, needs three right. out I mean, of ten. Those... He needs three out of ten to say, vote for him. Yeah, no, that's exactly what I was going to say. I mean, uh, the folks that are coming in from Long Island, uh, from Westchester, yeah. from Orange, uh, there, uh, I think Zeldin is going to win big. The question is, is he going to get the 30 to 35 percent of the vote necessary in New York City in order to, um, you know, in order to uh, make up for what uh, what Hochul's going to do here? We'll see. It'll be interesting. Uh, what's coming up on TV? What's coming up on radio today? Uh, well, I'm I'm not sure I'm doing trains or not, uh, okay. but uh, I am definitely going to uh, I am definitely going to be talking about 2022. Um, I'm going to be uh, going over um, uh, going over really what we uh, witnessed last uh, yesterday. You talk about election deniers and the crackdown on the pillow guy. Um, I think uh, we should also look at what Stacey Abrams said on The View yesterday. Basically, the election was stolen. I didn't lose. But uh, I'm not in the governor's mansion, so I know I lost. So she's still denying it. When's that going to happen? I'm going to talk about Ukraine and maybe the assassination attempt on, on, on Vladimir Putin yesterday, which is pretty unbelievable. Uh, and then we're going to talk about the, the migrating of illegal immigrants. I don't know, last night you saw that in, uh, now in Martha's Vineyard, Ron DeSantis flew them into Martha's Vineyard yesterday. You know, they're in Chicago. Uh, Eric Adams says we're at the breaking point. That with about 7,000 illegal immigrants, we're overrunning the homeless shelters here. I'm going to talk about that, but how dare Eric Adams say that? As much as it's against my own interests, how could he say that when they get 7,000 a day in Texas, and this guy says it's an outrage, he's given 7,000 mm. in three months. Here, they're getting 7,000 a day. <laughs> 
So come on, this is these are like the kids fighting because the parents will not crack down on their kids. The, the only thing reason this is happening is because Mayorkas is awful, the president is invisible, the vice president is negligent, and that's why these people – and by the way, there's a busload to the vice president's house today in Washington, D.C. of illegal immigrants. So this is – this is to me is, is really heating up. And we'll talk about the, the poll – the Fox News poll that says um, uh, the majority of the country – Thirty-eight uh, percent now say the, this administration is competent. That number was at uh, that number was at fifty-two percent in September of twenty twenty-one. Now it's at thirty-eight percent thinks it's competent. Think about that. They kept saying that Donald, the adults are back in the White House. That these are these are lower numbers than Donald Trump ever had, and despite the fact that he only had Frank Morano in his corner, right. uh, that would give him a shot for four years. Um, I have texted you the Brian Kilmeade as an android. You could take a look, and you have my permission to use this wherever you like, uh, for your promotional tour, for the Brian Kilmeade Storms America tour, whatever the case may be. Uh, I have tweeted it as well, and I think uh, uh, I think the Kilmeadeaholics out there will get a big kick out of this. I will say this. I just got my roster of guests in as we spoke. Uh, Lee Zeldin, Dr. Oz will be on. Oh, terrific. Okay. So, yeah. Speaking Mr. Keeson to give some perspective. So you you just texted me something. I just texted you the uh, art the AI artwork wow. of uh, of Brian Kilmeade as an Who android. Did this? You did this? No, a, a computer did it at my text prompt. I, I look a little grim. You do. Well, you're an android in this image, right? So if people want to see are, it, uh, well, it, thanks to the American flag, and I do look good in in royal green. You too, right. indeed. Especially Should with I put the that out there and hey, see what you, people think. You can retweet it and think uh, and ask if it's an effective uh, Android. Go ahead, give it a give it a shot. All right, All right. Um, Brian. It's always a treat to talk with you, my friend. Go get it, Frank. Thank you. Eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. We'll do fifteen seconds of fame. You want to see Brian Kilmeade as an Android? Find me on Twitter at Frank Morano. Frank M O R A N O. This is the other side of midnight. Straight ahead. The other side of midnight. midnight. 